it's the Sunday after I ran Traveller High and Dry and oh boy, I felt very disappointed in myself and very disappointed in the game. And in Britain we have this saying that a bad workman blames his tools and so I know that I'm going to end up sounding like that workman. <laughs> uh, but I don't think I ever want to run a module ever again. As written. Things he won't share with us The darkness in his brain The dungeon master's plan The pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown Keep calling out to me I hear him think out loud To die Only the great shall come My name is Che Webster, and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary. But the other thing you said that um, actually made me just made me think quite a lot over the last week. It was interesting when you said uh, to relax. Um, you know, you like to sort of uh, get away from people. Perhaps just stick the uh, TV on or do something like that. And I thought. That's odd because I am completely the opposite way around. Usually, if I need to relax after a you know difficult week at work, I much prefer to um, do it with other people around. Uh, and I wonder. What, I'm assuming that's something to do with the type of work we do, maybe, or is it our psychological makeup? I, I don't know. But it did make me think, and I, I think it's got a lot to do with the work because I guess with your work, you're mixing with people an awful lot during the week, but with me. I work in an office, uh, yeah, a home office, and during the week I might only actually meet three other people, Helen and my two boys. Potentially I'll, uh, I'll speak to three others, my dad on the phone, Charlie the office admin, and Keith the project manager. But quite often, come the end of the week, unless I've been uh, done a role-playing session somewhere else, that's it, that's the only interaction I've had with other people. And I think that's possibly why I see role-playing as such a social interaction for me and why I enjoy that part of the game so much more than things like um, combat. Um, and that, that got me to thinking with the combat, because sometimes I, I, I'm really up for combat, and other times it's just, ah, do I really need to make a decision? Do I want to parry? Do I want to dodge? Do I want to, you know, do... The... And again, I've been thinking, why is that, Andrew? And I'm beginning to suspect that has something to do with my job as well, because at the moment I am programming, I'm sitting behind a screen uh, and effectively doing a job which I always maintain is 25% creative and sort of 75% logical, where I'm making micro decisions all the time about how to implement a certain type of code, how to write the code and how to implement from a specification I've been given. Uh, and that's a lot like combat really in the decision making thing it's a lot of small decisions being made and I wonder when I've been doing this a lot recently have I got to the stage where in the role playing when we come to do it in an evening and the combat am I just sort of thinking oh no this is just like work subconsciously doing that I don't know maybe I'm overthinking all this but uh, <laughs> it's been an interesting exercise in thinking about it of course what's made me think a lot about all of this is 
you saying about um, everybody enjoying at the table and us all having slightly different expectations and emphasis on what we enjoy. So that that's really what's kicked off all this as a thinking process. So, uh, and to sort of take that on, what I am I'm starting to come to a conclusion to, I don't always want the same thing at a table. It's definitely different sometimes. And again, I think this is to do with mood, which I'm rapidly becoming to the decision that that's got as much to do with what I want to do in a role-playing session in the evening than what system we're playing or uh, you know what setting it is or anything like that. So the factors that generate the mood are quite important, and perhaps I need to understand them a bit more. H.A. Jason here, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Just listened to DM's Diary 20. Really enjoyed it. You know, I'm an introvert too who recharges by alone time. And that's tough because, like you, I've been working my butt off lately. We've just been slammed, slammed, slammed at work. Long, long, long hours. I've had to cancel a bunch of games because of it and all. But then, I, you know, I finally get home. And then, you know, of course, my family wants to spend time with me. And I'm ready to, you know, cocoon up and... and you know, crawl on my shell and be left alone. So, it, yeah, it can be really tough. As far as players owning rules, I like doing the rules. I like to understand character creation. I like to understand the combat rules. Um, I'm okay with DMs making their own changes to the rules and house rules, but, but I think it's nice that the players do understand what the rules are. We've already talked Star Trek. I, you know, if it, it's funny you know, as slammed as my schedule is, I want to play in all these games we've been talking about, right? Traveler, well, I'm signed up for Traveler on Saturday, but Star Trek and Conspiracy Theory, if we get off the ground. Uh, Mutants and Masterminds is a great system. Actually, it's it's one of my, it's a newfound favorite crunchy system of mine. Not my favorite, but it's a newfound, well-liked crunchy system. I, um, I'm currently playing in a play-by-post game, Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition, I'm playing a luchador. Arlen Walker's running that game. And and I really like that system. It, it works very well. You All the complexity is front-loaded, but then the rolls are pretty much D20 modifiers. So, you know, it works It works good. I, I'm interested in your thoughts after you finish reading through it. Hi, Jay. Just wanted to pick up on this idea of players owning rules to the games that they play. It's an interesting one. I think sometimes there is this expectation that players are going to be fully conversant in the rules. But realistically, if you're playing in a lot of games, uh, I speak from personal experience, that's just not going to happen. I would far rather try a few games and if there's something I latch on to, perhaps then I'll go and get the rules. If I delayed and had to buy all the rules before I played a game, I don't think I would try half of the stuff that I'd do. So I would urge anybody who's interested in a game, just try and get into something. Don't worry about picking up the rules. Most GMs are going to tell you what you need to know. And yeah, man, good episode. Catch you later. Three fabulous call-ins there from three fabulous people. Thank you all. Uh, Shandy Andy from Unguarded Treasure, Jason, Nerds RPG, Variety Cast, and obviously Colin, Spike Pit Green from Spike Pit. 
I don't think there's a lot I can say to those. They're brilliant call-ins. They're just like full of great ideas and great thoughts. I think um, I just wanted to comment really on this idea that uh, we need to know the rules for the games we're going to play. I think I've consistently now said that I feel that players shouldn't need to have the rules when they turn up to play a game. I think if you're going to play in something long-term, that might be something that you go look at, and especially if you're playing a game that has a lot of rules. But I think for a lot of games, um, as Colin said, that you know, sort of turning up and having to go, it's not practical to know all the rules. And so I really do feel that um, perhaps he's on something there. And whilst it might be nice, as Jason says, to know the game that you're running, um, or you're running in more precisely, I think it's kind of good to leave it to the GM. On all the other stuff about how we all relax, I think it's just interesting that everybody gets kicks from different things. And I think we all kind of know that, don't we? But um, maybe Andy's onto something when he says that it has a lot to do with what we do in the day. Or perhaps it's our personality and what we do choose to do in the day reflects that. You know, I don't know. I'm no psychologist. What I do know is I really enjoyed the call-ins. Thank you, guys. Game on. Saturday morning, I'm feeling marginally better than I was yesterday. Um couple of things that I just wanted to talk about that have just come to mind and I'm kind of this is a note to self getting back to the note to self um first thing I had a go at chat with Bob Pianka this morning if you don't know Bob he's one of the patrons of Royal Play Rescue and he's also a player in the Thal game online um and he's a member of the discord at Royal Play Rescue as well and I think he's also possibly involved with the LD Dungeon, I'm not sure. Um, anyway, good guy, and he's been taking me through GCS, which is the GURPS character sheet um, software online, and um, I will have to put a link to that in the show notes for whichever show this goes to, simply because it's a great little tool. Spent an hour with me this morning showing me around that, talking me around that, which was great. And um, yeah, that's kind of a cool thing. That got me thinking about GURPS again, and... Um, having sort of forced myself to get to the gym this morning and got all sweaty and then come back and I've got to get the ironing done. So I'm standing here doing the ironing, listening to a couple of podcasts. And it suddenly struck me that what I kind of want to do sci-fi wise is um, it's this idea that I want to now just kind of quickly note down, if you like, verbally. So I'm thinking, you know, I want to play Traveller and you know that I'm thinking a lot about Trek and other games at the moment. But I think at heart, what I've realized is that the open gaming table is the thing that kind of has made gaming work for me right now. And obviously the Dungeons of the Thal are my fantasy open game table. Uh, it's a mega dungeon um, and people are coming and playing and I've never had more players and I've never had more games. And apart from this week where I had no games uh, for various different reasons, it's been great. It's been a really powerful thing. And Bob and I were talking about this. This is why I mentioned him at the start. And he was talking about how he's been, he nicked my idea of Thal. He's doing his own game using Fantasy Trip. And again, loads of players are really good, lots of regular games, and it's going really, really well. And we were just talking about how the open table really changes things. So I'm thinking if I want to do a long-term science fiction campaign, the trick is I've got to make that open somehow. And then that started me down the line of, well, how do I do an open table with a science fiction game? And of course, the answer is to use all of the game structure tools that I'm using for the fantasy game, but just kind of reapply them. So 
at a very basic level, you're gonna gonna probably make the game potentially a bit more mission based. If you've got an average four hour session, three or four hour session, then obviously you've got to think about running games in that slot and people getting back to a nominal base, you know, within the game, you know, in the game time. I think you can handle wave a lot of the space travel. You can have them on a spaceship and get to where you want to go. So you can have a number of game structures deployed straight away. So for starters, we'll start with um, the kind of hex crawl idea, the idea of a map exploration. You can have a traveler style hex map uh, of systems with, with worlds on it. And you know you can allow the ships to go from planet to planet and explore. And there can be an element of, right, we're gonna to go to that system and we're gonna explore that system. And you can run encounters um, and interesting stuff within the system as if it was a bit like kind of when you do a dungeon room, they go explore the dungeon. But it's a hex crawl um, in that it's about environmental things, it's about systems. This is not a fully formed idea, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense right now. Speaking of dungeon crawls though, each system can have its location. So you can actually have abandoned space stations and, and you know ancient ruins on the planets and all those kinds of elements. And again, players could choose that after doing some exploration, they're now going to go back to one of those places and they're going to enter one of those locations. And you could spend time in the location doing um, a dungeon crawl, a, a location crawl, as I kind of tend to prefer to use these days. Um, and with that, then it kind of occurred to me that there are various types of um, sort of mini game, if you like, that you can run in systems. So you can have uh, rumors of, say, a pirate base in a system. And then when they arrive in the system, you can have uh, a space battle mini game where the, suddenly the spaceship does matter and suddenly running things on the spaceship and, and having that encounter is a game in and of itself. And that might involve having a space map. Um, and having the ships on the map and moving them around. I don't know, because I've never done a space battle game in a role-playing situation, but it sounds like I might become more of a skirmish game. You could even have missions that are mini skirmish games on the surface of planets, engaging with you know units of troops and what have you. And um, suddenly the whole kind of idea of running a science fiction game in a setting opens up for me. And this is another thought that's been bugging around my mind all week, by the way, is that... Um, why do we so distinctly mark a demark between role-playing games, skirmish games, um, and board games, and all those kinds of elements and different approaches to gaming? Why on earth do we do that? Um, well, probably that's about marketing. And um, I'm not sure that that was really the distinction back in the day. Um, again, I'm kind of thinking about the hex crawl. It evolved from taking a map from a board game, you know, an Avalon Hill board game, and turning that into a tool for role-playing. Um, Essentially, I think there's a whole load of stuff that we could get into exploring um, as we think about the structures of gaming structures that we bring to you know, our gaming table. Um, and um, what I'm just to really be clear about that, I mean not just game rules, I mean the, the things that answer the question what do you know, what do the players, well, sorry, what do the characters do and how do the players do it? Um, I think those are the two fundamental questions. In um, in a dungeon call, that's, you know, what do the characters do? They explore the dungeon. How do the players do it? Well, they pick a direction and they go into another location. You know, that's that's the basic game structure of a dungeon call. A hex call is, you know, what do the characters do? Well, they explore the map. That's the primary purpose of that, by the way. 
Um, and then how do the players do it? Well, they pick up one of the six hex sides and they pick a direction and they go, you know, and it's as simple as that. Um, but those structures, simplistic and simple though they are, in lots of ways, they're almost invisible until we think about them. And when we start thinking about them, we realize how useful they are and they transcend game systems, game rules, and they transcend worlds and settings. They are things in themselves, or at least I firmly believe that to be the case. But I'm witchering, I'm going to stop. Don't know what you think, but I'm thinking, I think I know how to do a science fiction game, or at least I have the beginnings of an idea. Game on. So there's this weird thing that happens in my timetable at school, at work. Um, where once a week I'm put in a different room, and um, I realised that actually I find this quite useful. It's quite disruptive to my like routine, um, but in a kind of positive way. It puts me in a different space, puts me very much on a limb as well. It's a room that very few people use. It's a very small room. It's just used for my sixth form um, at A-level group, and... Um, It's really kind of cosy as well, in a way. Anyway, here I am this morning. It's Tuesday, and I am thinking a lot about going forward. And I'm feeling considerably better. Yesterday was my wife's birthday, and we kind of went out for a lovely meal last night. And um, I'd had an incredibly intense work day, but I had a really nice evening. And I've woken with more energy this morning and certainly more positivity this morning, which is a good thing. Um, I also feel like... I'm ready to now prep up this travel again for Saturday and then start pushing forward into some other projects. And um, yeah, that it's weird. It's like it's almost like I had to shake something off. Um, a lot of fear and anxiety that uh, I kind of had to shake off. So uh, tonight is game night. I don't know. I think there are three kids signed up. Um, and I'm in a mind where I'm kind of really concerned my group is evaporating. Um, and I feel like a lot of that's due to the fact that we've had so many sessions cancelled um, through, you know, things that aren't my fault, <laughs> um, to be honest. Um, but there is an opportunity to sort of reboot. And whilst Dahl uh, is fine, I can do that. Um, I'd also kind of wondered whether they, I, I think I wondered about this a, um, a fortnight or so ago, a week ago, where I was wondering if they might be up for rolling up Traveller characters with me. So I brought them in. Again, I brought in the book and that's an option. But I also think I want to talk to them generally about running some intro games, trying to recruit some new players, and whether we could do a science fiction game or whether we should do a superhero game even, or whether they want to pl- actually try a D&D game, like you know Dungeons & Dragons boxed starter set kind of style um because the game the group itself isn't so transient and um there isn't such a necessity for the open table structure um and i wonder if actually maybe not having an open table uh, per se being open to new players at the table but not running it as an open table is actually something that might help boost um attendance in the past I've, I, that's what I've done. I've run um, kind of periods of running a game until kind of guys get fed up with their game and they go and do their own game. Um, and that's tended to breed subgroups where the open game has kind of like tended to allow them to come along and coast along. Uh, perhaps it's because it's a lower cognitive load. Perhaps it's because it's easier for everybody. I don't know. So anyway, I feel like shaking it up a little bit. And one of the projects is perhaps to bring a one-shot in, um, you know, some, some short adventures, what I'm thinking. I'm sort of thinking doing sequences of short adventures um, very organically. Uh, and I'm wondering, actually, if the, um, 
the D&D Essentials set, you know, I spoke a while ago about why I was rejecting doing that because I couldn't run it as an open table. But there's a, a series, I think, 13 or 14 different little locations um, in that that you could go and investigate. And I feel like that might be an ideal sort of structure that they could go hex crawling around or whatever it is they do on that and following up leads, whatever, and going to various dungeons and, and, and enjoying that. So that's where I'm going to play in my head at the moment. I'm going to see what they say this evening if they come. Um, I'm going to see what we do. Um, I'm even going to shake up. I think I'm going to shake up the promote promo stuff we have around the school. So anyway, I'm wittering. It's Tuesday evening. Uh, just got home from work, had something to eat, spent some time with my wife, Deb, and um, thought I'd fill you in on what happened at club tonight, which was kind of an amazingly cool thing. So we got there and uh, all four regular players came along and I just had a conversation with them about uh, the idea that, you know, kind of a little bit of a recap of the history of the club really, kind of told them about how in the past we'd had really players coming and eventually kind of they spin off into subgroups and that seems to have evaporated a bit. And whilst it was great having those four players, I felt like there are probably more people in the school who'd be interested if only we could find a way of getting them there. And so I spoke a little bit about the possibility of running some one-shot games of different games, which got a lot of interest, actually. They're, they're all kind of, oh, yeah, cool, what did you have in mind, sir? So I made the proposal that, just to kind of kick things off, there were three games that I was interested in potentially running a game or a bit of a one-shot from, um, and which of them would you like to um, which of them would like to play? So the three games were, I showed them Traveller, Mongoose 2nd Edition, I showed them Star Trek Adventures, and I showed them Mutants and Masterminds Basic Heroes Handbook. And pulled up the images up onto the big screen so they could see, and we talked about each a little bit. And I asked them, okay, so which of those would you like to play? And the universal answer was yes. <laughs> uh, there was a, a... We kind of went around the table and we talked about it, and there's interest in all of those games. So... They then asked me, well, sir, you know, what do you want to do? And also, which is easiest to do first? And um, I sort of explained how, because I'm running travel on Saturday, I've got to prep the game. I could easily bring that game to school. Um, and they were up for that. So we decided we would start with Traveller, and we started to roll up some characters. So as I had discussed, I, um, I sort of suggested that we just start playing the mini-game that's character creation. We started that. We did not finish. Um, I had underestimated... Uh, the thinking time, if you like, required for some kind of some of the a couple of lads basically. I find it very hard to focus. They they have um, some elements of ADHD and uh, also kind of processing issues. And I'd kind of underestimated the impact of that. That actually having choices, you know, like you're going to roll on this table. You've got four tables to choose from. Which one do you want to roll on? Um, you know, and there's this, there's an element of I want to know what's on every table. So I can, and in the end, I kind of had to say, just pick a table and roll. And we kind of had to get into kind of encouraging this element of, hey, let's just roll with it and see what we get and not overthink it and kind of make decisions quickly. And um, that worked, actually. It took a little bit of time, but by within about 30 minutes or so of getting started, we started to kind of collect a bit of speed and it was kind of cool. So that was a lovely thing. We're going to finish that off next time. Um getting their characters together but I have basically five and I, I rolled one as well so they've got four characters and I was rolling one and I'd explained how I was going to steal the characters and use them on Saturday night which I will they're not finished but I will finish them and then you know take them in whatever direction seems reasonable using the tables 
And then obviously they can finish their own versions of those characters next week, which is cool. And we're going to play then high and dry. But there's one of the lads who's really keen on playing Star Trek. The other three are like, I don't know anything about Star Trek. But he's like, I want to be a Klingon. I want to be a Vulcan. Ah, really excited, which is fantastic. So we agreed that we would, I suggested, well, I've got a starter set. It's got some pre-generated characters. There's an adventure. I could easily go and prepare that over the next few weeks. Perhaps after half term, once we play the Traveller game, we can play some Star Trek. And then once we've played that, then we can go on and play superhero game because uh, one of the girls is really interested in doing superhero stuff and the others are like, eh, well, maybe. But actually, we kind of agreed that if we all, if we play through two or three different games, we can actually experience some cool stuff. Now, along the way, the deal is they want to try and get the word out a little bit. And here was an interesting thing. I mean, so that was all cool and exciting. They're all good for that. But then one of the lads told me, his family being kind of quite Christian and in a Christian community, so there's a church in the school, um, he said that one of the dads of the, uh, or mums or whatever, of the um, of his mates had sort of, he, he was in role playing and explaining it to his parents. And his parents said, oh, no, that's, that's D&D. That's like the devil's stuff. That's that's evil stuff you know you don't want to be involved in that and apparently there is this resistance within the local church community near the school we've got the satanic panic ladies and gentlemen and i thought it had gone away and i had to kind of explain to these these students that you know in the 1980s there was this thing and it kind of led to this and there's very little evidence suggested it's in any way kind of threatening and it's certainly not an evil thing um you know but oh my goodness the satanic panic in my own community, in the school I work in, is actually some parents are forbidding their kids from coming to the game club run by the religious studies teacher, which I find hilarious. But anyway, putting that aside, we're going to kind of take a campaign of um, kind of raising awareness. I'm going to change some of the artwork around the school. we got some promotional stuff. I'm going to do some sci-fi pictures up there, some superhero pictures up there, and see what happens. But hey, guys, so I think that um, because I've got a stable group of four players, there isn't a need to run the open table. And um, I explained kind of a little bit about that idea. And they were like, yeah, we can commit to coming and playing for a few sessions. So that's not a problem. And we're going to try something different. We're going to try a different style of a product game. I'm going to try something that's a little bit more scenario based, module based, a little bit more narratively driven. And they're going to try some new games and we're going to have a laugh. And that's the plan. So I don't know what you make of that, but I was very excited by it all. It's Thursday morning and I'm just in work again. Hey, been a tiring old week. Um, in fact, the first sort of two and a half weeks back to work have just been brutal. Um, yeah, being a teacher in the UK just gets harder, but uh, hey. Um, where am I up to? I've got a game of Traveller in about two and a half days. and um, Yeah, I'm not much further along. I've read more of the module and I have to say that um, I've been a little underwhelmed in a lot of ways um, not that the module is bad don't get me wrong but it's just not what I expected so hmm I'm not sure what I need to do at this stage um, to sort of fully be ready and what I need to do is really just dedicate some time so I think what I'm going to do is this evening is sit down and try and just work through the remainder of that um, of that module on the upside, there are a couple of things. So I um, just got paid and I decided to wang out on a 15.7 inch monitor to go alongside my laptop so that when I'm online and playing for Fantasy Grounds or whatever, I actually have two screens um, and I can kind of put the map over on one of them and uh, deal with all the rest of the niggly stuff on another. 
which I think will be especially useful when I'm playing Thile games. Um, so I'm going to give that a go. Um, I should have a new monitor arriving today. Um, and the second thing was um, just kind of been hmm, toying around with an idea um, of something that I feel I need to write for myself, really. Um, and that is a kind of, I don't know, chase um, referee's guide. Um, what I kind of mean, I guess it's sort of ubiquitous rats, dungeon master's um, guide, something like that. I don't know. Um, what it is, is kind of codifying for myself the theory where I'm up to at the moment in understanding like the approaches to play that I take and why. And then from that, kind of deriving the tools that I would be able to bring to the table on a regular basis. And I think I kind of need to do the whole thing. I can't, I don't think it's enough for me to just kind of go, oh, yeah, that tool. And I think I kind of need to work through. And, and I don't know if this is, you, you'll like this, I don't know. But when I talk things out and when I write things out, that's when I work out the idea. I think I think um, that's something that I've heard Ray Otis say before, you know, like you by explaining it and, and work, you work through the idea. I often find that when I'm, um, when I'm teaching something for the first time, that is this experience of, I, I kind of have it, um, but when, until I teach it, I don't really have it. And um, once I have taught it once, then I have it. And of course, those things then blend and move over time. So as you teach and as you teach and as you teach, as you reiterate the teaching, you constantly adjust your understanding, which is kind of part of the process. So I feel like I need to write this thing um, because that will help me sort out in my mind all the things that I want to um, kind of use at the table on a regular basis. Um, and this, by the way, is, you know, so I was talking about this with somebody else the other day and they sort of said, oh, is this going to be for 5e? And I was like, I don't think it, I don't think people understand that I have gone beyond the game rule set. You know, I'm not talking about the game rules. I'm talking about the things that actually transcend all game rule sets that you can bring to any game, doesn't matter what rule set it is. I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, structural things, game structures, um, and I'm also thinking about tools that you can use at the table, that you could use with any game, really. Um, and perhaps that some of these things suit different games, but, you know, in better, in, in more or less, but essentially I want to establish that toolkit for myself. So I think I'm going to do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, just for myself, really. Um, I think that that would be a useful thing for me to do over the coming weeks. Um, of course, that will take some time, <laughs> so I better make some. The last thing was I just realised this morning I miscommunicated with my wife. Um, so I thought last weekend that I had established that I, you know, with her that I, I kind of wanting to think about playing some more games. Definitely got that across. But I was talking about maybe doing more regular Saturday games, and um, I thought we'd agreed. Um, that uh, you know, I could game every Saturday night if if I wanted, but um, yeah, a conversation came up today where I'm required to drive her next Saturday, and um, I kind of went, oh, you know, better not schedule a game then. And she was like, well, seemed confused. And it turned out that what she'd understood is that I was talking about on a weekend, occasionally, maybe once a month or something, running a longer session, like a full length session, like more than three or four hours, um, on a kind of ad hoc basis. And so I guess that is kind of where we're, that's what she's prepared to accept. And the idea of when we talked about it more, the idea of gaming every weekend sort of bugged her because she wants that some of those Saturday nights with me, which is understandable. So I, I guess my communication skills still leave a lot to be desired. And um, but hey, it's okay. I just kind of need. I'm glad I know that now before I booked anything with anybody. But I, uh, 
yeah, it was it was um, an interesting moment of conversation where, um, you know, I thought I had permission to do something that I don't. And and in case you're wondering, um, you know, I do I do consider it really important to agree these things with with partners. Um, you know, my wife is very long suffering, and um, we were very close. And I, I just think it would, you know, the, one of the reasons why I kind of, I kind of carved out the time I have, and I, I think when I started doing online gaming every other Saturday, that felt like a bit of an imposition. But she's been cool with that. Um, so I think I'm going to have to dial back my ambitions somewhat. And I think I'm also going to have to start thinking in terms of perhaps with new games or with new settings, kind of doing a punchy start, you know, like being able to provide a uh, a one-off session that is actually a bit of a, hey, let's have a go at this and taste this. Um, and then not necessarily see that as something that will fall into a regular schedule. Um I'm really reluctant to let Thal go away. I want to keep Dungeons of Thal going and um, people are enjoying that and I want to keep providing that session. And that essentially online is the Saturday night game every other week. And um, I don't know if I can... I can, you know, I feel like it would be a betrayal to those players if we do something else. And it felt, it felt that way when I mentioned... Like with this game on Saturday night I've got now, it should be a Thal game. It's actually going to be a Traveller game. And I felt like when I... When I mentioned to the regular Thal games that I was playing on that night, playing some Traveller, and I couldn't run a game that session, there was a, from a few people who are outside of that loop who aren't taking part in Traveller, there was this sense of, oh, oh, are we stopping doing this now then? And um, of course, my past flakiness means that people just expect me to drop out of things. Um, so I don't know, I've got to be really careful about how I manage that. So I think um, Thal's going to have to be the other every other week, something like a game, until people get fed up with it. And I'm going to. Uh, instead kind of have to think in terms of uh, prepping and planning dropping game sessions that are little bonuses and I have permission to do those periodically perhaps once a month um, at a weekend and yeah that's where I'm up to Saturday night already to go online about to go sitting in front of the computer nervous <laughs> uh, should be okay I've um I've done everything I think I can in the time that I've got, um, and I still managed to take some time out today to chill out, which was really good. We'll see how it goes. I, um, yeah, the one thing I have to remember is that, um, and I kind of, this really struck me when I was prepping this afternoon, um, the players come to the table and they bring a lot, and I'm, I'm, I've kind of like put this artificial pressure on myself that this is a one shot, has to be done in one session, and I'm not entirely sure I have to, do that and worry about that. I think I'm just going to have to go with the, um, you know, what do the players want to do? And if they're having a good time, that's cool. The difficulty is if they don't know what to do next, but um, it should be cool. So fingers crossed, it'll all go well. And um, yeah, see you on the flip side.